This is like too old for you, Sal. I'm surprised <laughs> you even know this song. It's heaven. Report came out. 1981 is the cutoff to be a millennial. Yeah, I did right. not. I did 81. not make it. Man, one year, huh? One year. So. What's up, everyone? <laughs> we are live on real estate. I am your host, Paul Paslakis. We've got Sal Kuzmano, my co-host. How are you, sir? Good. This is kind of like sexy, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, special guest today, we've got uh, Jay Bijan and Associates. We've got uh, James Bijan and yes, Greg Fogelman. What's up, guys? Good morning. How are you, how are you guys are you? doing? You guys picked the song. This is the song. Yep. These are guys are old, like me. Oh, yeah. Yeah? We're mid-70s, boys. Mid se- <laughs> you born in the mid-70s? I, uh, I uh, don't like to admit that, but yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're well-educated. Paul's right on your tails. <laughs> <laughs> so sales weight. All right, everyone. Man. So, uh, guys, obviously, uh, we got a good show for you. We're going to talk a little bit about some headlines. Uh, builders finding loan standards easing. Uh, prices up 6.6% year over year. We'll talk a little bit about that. And then we've got uh, refinances. Uh, some We're going to start seeing some more arms as a report by Black Knight. Uh, first and foremost, guys, um, why don't you guys tell us a little bit about your background in the insurance game? I mean, you guys have been in the business for some time. You do some good work. So give me an idea of like, you know, what 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 got you into the industry, how sure. you got started. Sure. Uh, well, you know, a long background in sales. I've worn a few hats in my time, but really took a, a large interest in uh, the insurance business. Um, been in the game probably about seven years. Came, okay. came from a captive all state agency. And really understood that being one-dimensional over the years is, is not a good thing with auto rates being really volatile in this market. Um, having some choices, having some more solutions with other carriers. So, you know, now we're an independent agency. We've got about seven standard auto and home carriers and about 15 different commercial carriers. Okay. And so it really is, you know, our business is a lot like yours in, in, in way of developing relationships and giving clients solutions and more options than just, you know, one single lender, for example, or, right. you know, one single carrier. So, you know, the ability to, you know, to take every client based on their specific need and, and matching them with a, a solution is, is something I think we both share, you know, yeah. uh, business-wise. So. Yeah, so I mean, obviously, like for, for you guys, made you made a decision to give your clients more options to partner up with more people than just being like a one all state. Exactly, right? exactly. Being a captive agent, you know, and there's a lot of great agencies and a lot of great captive companies out there in Michigan. But with auto rates and some of the laws that are out there, you know, we're the highest in the country for for auto insurance. So you, mm-hmm. you have to give the client solutions. And I think, you know, in, in saying that, you know, it's every customer has a different situation and mm-hmm. you've got to find that fit for them. Um, and, you know, in doing that, we, we've done a pretty good job. You know, as you know, you know, building relationships is, is key. And we've been able to do that uh, so far so good. So we're excited to, to move forward and uh, really appreciate you guys having us here on the show. And, and I see our businesses are very closely tied to each other in, in a sense. Yeah, I mean, you guys do a lot of homeowners insurance, obviously. On the mortgage side, that's what we deal with the most. And what I always hear is, uh, you know, I got a better rate because I bundled everything. Sure. Right. No, that's a big thing. You know, bundling your home and auto together is, is always a, a I mean, big, it's a big discount, right? It is about 30% typically. Why, why is that? I'm just curious you know, the, from your what you see. Carriers, you know, they, they typically like to, to, to take the whole smorgasbord and they want that. And they, they incentivize to do that, to get the home mm-hmm. and the auto. And, you know, typically that can work in our favor too. You know, if we get someone that wants typically a quote on the home only. We, you know, lead into saying, well, you know, there's a, there's a huge bundle discount if we put those two together. And that mm-hmm. also leads into other conversations, maybe they own businesses, maybe they, you know, life insurance needs, things of that, you know, nature. And 
Uh, what I like about our agency is that we're full service. You know, we have financial products, we have um, life, home, auto, commercial. Um, there's not too many things that we can't uh, take care of for our clients. So just not to get too up topic, but something you said that Michigan is the highest for car insurance. Why is that? You know, good question, and a lot of people kind of scratch their heads that, that don't know. You no know, fault? Exactly. Well, it's no fault. It's, Nailed it. It's many things. <laughs> it's many things. But, you know, the biggest thing, I think, is uh, in, in our state we have unlimited uh, what's called personal injury protection. And what that means is if you're hurt catastrophically in a car accident, um, typically either your health care provider or the auto insurance carrier is on you know, the hook for your expenses. Right. No caps. You know, for example, Ohio, Ohio's got the lowest insurance rates in the country. They have like a $50,000 cap. So if you're hurt, that's what you get. That's what they'll pay for. That's it. No matter what happens. That's it. And, and the yep, arm cut off. That's it. You get 50 G's. <laughs> yeah. Got it. That's about it. And, you know, the, the, other, the other issue with that is, is, unfortunately, there's no fee schedules that are set in place. So, you know, say if you're hurt in an auto accident and you have to go get an MRI, let's say, and the hospitals see the fact that it's it's billed through the auto insurance, they bill typically up to three times the amount they would with a normal standard blue cross. Yeah. Blue they jack it up. They jack it up. Time. So really? you know there's That's, some there's is some that le- legal? Well it How is, is that legal. Yeah. The oversight needs to be there. There's some legislation as we speak uh, in the House right now and they're they're trying to you know to uh, to change some of those things. So um, I'd love to you know uh, to say that it will change overnight, but unfortunately, it's it's been a law that hasn't passed uh, any changes since the late '70s. So well, one of my one of my favorite examples too is um, uh, you know like let's say like he's talking about you get a catastrophic accident or something. Let's say you go have an MRI done. You can look at the list, and in a lot of states, that might be billed out at like five, six hundred bucks or something. Michigan might be three thousand. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's that's pretty yeah. crazy. It's a big yeah. issue, and you know, so hopefully we'll see some some legislative changes here soon. You know, I stand to gain. Let's be honest, I stand to gain off high premiums, but I don't think it's right. It doesn't make it right. Can I can I be honest with you though, Sal? Like I personally think like like I would rather have a, a situation where all my stuff's covered. Right? right, like I don't know that yeah. as as like a guy, like I'll pay extra. Well, let's say you sure. hit a guy in his arm, do. he loses his arm, right? I mean, that's your a, that's insurance company huge. pays out fifty grand. That's a that's an issue, and well, they're going to sue you for the additional well, damages. Exactly, right? exactly. And I think what what's what's key here is Sal, you hit the head on the nail. I have some clients that say, you know what, I want it coordinated where all my medical expenses are paid through the auto insurance carrier because technically, if you have a Blue Cross plan, I could coordinate you and say, okay, Sal, well, if your Blue Cross plan Plays, pays primary, then your auto rate's lower. But see, you see the value in saying, well, wait a minute, I want to be covered. I don't want to worry about that I want stuff. coverage, man. Mm-hmm. I don't, exactly. don't want to have to worry about anything. So coordinating, people pay for it. coordinating may not be the best option. No, typically, in, you know, I don't want to speak on healthcare providers' behalf, but typically they have caps, and the mm-hmm. caps are about a million bucks. Well, you and I both know medical you know, expenses are, you know, to get to a million bucks if you're catastrophically injured, that's chewed up pretty quick. Yeah, so yes, yeah, yeah. It, goes, it goes quick. Right? So you know, Man. I like to say, take out the guesswork, do it the right way. And I don't think anyone really disputes the fact that we want to keep unlimited medical care for our people that are injured, especially loved ones. I mean, you know, but I think the issue really lies in the oversight and how these procedures are paid. You know, three times the amount of standard Blue Cross plans. So mm-hmm. getting more oversight with it um, and giving the client a choice. Listen, at the end of the day, you know, even in your business, I'm sure you have all different solutions for your clients. And, and what I mean by giving the client a choice is maybe I look at you, Sal, and I say, hey, listen, here's unlimited benefits, here's your premium. Right. Here's 500,000, here's your premium. Unfortunately, you know, most of us don't get catastrophically injured, but we don't have a choice. We have to get the unlimited, and yeah. that's why we're paying so much. 
you know, it is it is funny. Like you think if you get injured, right, which is not like a necessarily rare thing. I mean, you probably stand a one in four chance in sure. your life of being in a car accident or a serious car accident, and uh, it could cost you a million dollars. Absolutely. Plus. Absolutely. And yeah, who, dude. Like yeah. you got to be rich to be able to pay off your medical bills. Well, and that's the thing. You know, what's interesting, yeah. you know, in talking to clients sometimes, and again, it's more goes leans towards educating the clients, much like you guys do here at Hall, I'm sure. Um, is you know so many people don't even understand what their liability limits are. I could I could show them and say, do you understand mm-hmm. what your liability limits do for I you? Don't know. I don't know money. And six Most out of ten, no. seven out of ten say, oh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That. And and really, we kind of position ourselves to be someone that protects one's assets. I mean, yes, I sell insurance, sure, but at the end of the day, if Sal's worth eight million dollars and you've got state minimum liability limits, I'm going to look at you and go, dude, you're you're crazy here. Right. You need to change these, and right. here's why. So, you know, I like to think that, you know, we kind of position ourselves to, we do a complete financial overhaul. We have many financial products and we're in place really to protect your assets. You know, if you've worked your whole life and you got a half million dollars in 401ks and, you know, you've got a hundred thousand in liability with your auto, I'm going to say, this doesn't work for you. And here's Mm -hmm. why. But a lot of people don't understand that. So it's just educating them and getting them on, on pace. And I think in the end, Sometimes we ask clients, like, you know, what does your 401k look like? And they look at me saying, why do you want to know that? Right. And the reality is, is to protect it, is to mm-hmm. give you the, the correct, you know. I feel like most people don't understand the value of insurance until they have to use it. That's right. right. And yep. then, you know, yeah. you have yeah. bad auto insurance or whatever, and I you end it. up, you know, paying for a car. You, I al- you know, I always say this is like, this is the most important thing I got. And That's I'm pointing right. to my body. Right. I mean, it's not a great body, but it's my body, right? Sure. But yeah. like, if, if this is like, why would I go cheap on health insurance? Why would I go cheap on any type of like I need to insure this piece of meat that I have on <laughs> under my neck? It's gotta be getting expensive as you get older, man. <laughs> <laughs> man. But yeah, you know, well, my cholesterol is lower than yours, buddy. So no, you'd maybe be, you'd be you'd be surprised though how many people you yeah. know, ask us for quotes. They'll send over their declarations pages, and we start looking at their coverages, and and it's not good. They've got they've got state minimum limits on their bodily injury, you know, things like that. And right. and you ask them why, and they don't know. They were just trying to get as anything as cheap as they possibly could. Yeah, yeah, you know, price so. is going to be important in, in any business, you know, but it, just like you said, Sal, you hit the head on the nail, is the, the reality is is y- y- sometimes price isn't everything, right? Price is important, but, you know, would I rather pay good, better, best, or best in, in most scenarios? Yes, absolutely, because at the end of the day, you work your whole life, you save X amount of money, you mm-hmm. want to retire, and why would you want to shop just price, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's many different variables in our business, but... Uh, it's ever changing, just like you know, obviously in your your uh, your company here with Hall, mm-hmm. and it's your ability to adapt with those changes and provide your clients value. And I think you guys do a good job as well. Thank you. And by the way, uh, just for the listeners at home, uh, a, a common mistake that happens quite a bit is uh, I'm Paul. That's Sal. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> which is which is which is okay. We're it happens the all same. the time. Yeah. We're, we're like the same. The same. <laughs> we're like literally the same person, so it happens all the time. Oh, yay. David Hall, everyone. Good to see you guys. How, How are, are you? Good. 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 Nice to see you. How's the show? It was going well. It was good? Yeah. Until I got the names wrong. Yeah. Everyone's names wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jay, it's totally typical. I, I've been called Sal a million times, I think. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, kind of the same person. Maybe a little bit different. So. Uh, we'll get into some of these topics, guys. Thank you for, for uh, obviously, I want you guys to stick around and kind of talk about these yeah, a little bit. Thanks with for us. having us. Um, so, first thing I'm going to go into, Sal, is builders find loan standards easy. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's good because currently, and, and I think this is probably due to, you know, at least on the back end, there's a lack of houses for sale. Oh, big So, a lot of people are building. You know, it's a, uh, 
if you can't find it, you got to build it. That's right. right. And uh, I'm assuming that on the back end of, of the loan side, as far as, you know, regulations go and things of that sort, they're probably realizing that there's going to be a large influx of uh, new construction business. Absolutely. So they're probably mm-hmm. figuring out how to ease those standards and make it an easier process for someone to actually get a loan. I just think there's more options today to build yeah. and finance mm-hmm. your build than there used to be, right? Um, well, you're seeing bridge loans, things like correct. that kind of coming yeah. back into play. Sure. And well, I think if you look in this area too, uh, you know, this this area was in Oakland County and Southeast Michigan. So much of it was built up during the 50s, 60s, and 70s, and all those houses are old now. Yeah. You yeah. know, so, yeah. Pe- you know, I, I, pe- yeah, people get upset sometimes and say, well, why are we building new stuff when there's all these houses? Right. Well, they're old, and they yeah. you know, we need new homes. Well, you're looking, you know, so. for example, like Royal Oak, right? Uh-huh. Sure. Um, upcoming community or, or has been upcoming the past, you know, probably seven, eight years. Right. Absolutely. Uh, lots of new construction and I think that there's some people who are probably upset about that because all of a sudden their taxes are higher. Oh, but absolutely. I mean, they're living in a house, and I just bought one. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's 80 years old sure. almost, and yeah. has you know clay pipes. Well, look at all the people in our age range and stuff, and who are buying oh, homes oh. in like Ferndale and stuff. Right. You know what I mean? And, yeah. And completely redoing them, and so because they're older homes, but it's a it's a nice place to live, and right. that whole area is getting completely redone. You know. Well, mm-hmm. if you're yeah. if you're anything like me, I, I'm not. I'll be the first to tell you guys, and I'm not the, the handiest guy in the world. So. Um, my last two houses have been brand new construction. I just moved into a brand new sub. They can't put them up fast enough. They're right. working through the winter right now. Yep. You mm-hmm. know, and, and it's, it's a big time, you know, it's a, it's a seller's really, it's a seller's market as we speak from what I, I get from the mm-hmm. vibe of the realtors, mm-hmm. you know, they're getting top dollar for, for some of these homes right now. So inventory is low. We know it. Um, but sometimes you want to buy new, you don't want to mess with, right. you know, I'll pay a little bit more to, yeah. to yeah. have new. Well, if you have a home, right, it's nice because if you're building one you know when you have to sell it you know you there's some time to get it all sure. together because it's not like you can build one in a month sure right Absolutely. unless you're buying a spec or something of like that that's already there but right. it's going to take a year you know six months to a year to build usually and yep. Absolutely. it helps you uh plan in time makes sense yeah i mean look uh, new construction is got to ramp up if we're going to uh kind of quell this demand and we just don't have enough houses on the market mm-hmm. which leads me to the next headline that we've got here core logic uh they, they do a lot of reports house prices up 6.6 percent year over year and actually the biggest jump of nine percent were uh were entry level homes there just isn't a lot of entry level so if that, that hundred fifty thousand or the hundred thousand dollar house those are disappearing very very quickly which is very dangerous for our market because that really excludes that first time home buyer uh, and they're going to end up renting and rents are going to keep going up. Like this is a weird situation that we're falling into where, you know, a place like San Francisco, for example, their, their median home price is 1.1 million. Right. right. It's great. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we're all kind of going towards that to where the supply is diminishing. The prices are going up and we're going to get in a situation where people are just not going to be able to afford to move into houses. Okay. I mean, they just it's, and we're already starting to see that sell on our end. Right. Sure. Well, what? right. Like a place like uh, San Francisco. Right. It's almost like if you think about it, it's like a whole bunch of not that it's a slum, but sure. You know, it's like it's all owned by the slumlords and yeah. they just have all their renters. Sure. Right. Well, you know, good point, you know, to, to, to what we're talking about here is I you know, I've got a friend and he uh nothing special, had a you know, had a home in Waterford and and uh held on to it, bought it for thirty K probably uh, eight, nine years ago. Fixed it up, looks nice, little bungalow. 
Um, just put it up for sale, sold in five days, was asking 132, got 152. Five outbidders are bidding each other out. Made $120,000 on a $30,000 house. Exactly, mm-hmm. and that just goes to show you there's no inventory. You Nothing. Know? Especially in that price range, like you're saying, they just, they just, they're gone. The, mm-hmm. that, that price range up to 200, 250 even, you're seeing, right. you're seeing them flying off the well, shelves. Well, look at the, the large population of people who are first time home buyers coming mm-hmm. into the market, right? Sure. Oh, yeah. It's, it's not the twenty-year-olds as much as it is like the the twenty-five to probably exactly. thirty-five. Yep. Sure. Where everyone's starting to have a family, get married, uh-huh. as people do later, and exactly. uh, as friends. soon as they hit, they're gone. Yeah, yeah I'm friends with I'm friends uh, through social media with a lot of realtors, and two things: one, you're right about that age group; they're constantly posting, uh, you know, first-time home buyers. Mm-hmm. You know how, how you take a picture with them and congratulate them. And stuff. Yeah, I see it constantly every single day. And then the other thing is they're all dying for inventory. They're literally going into social media and asking people, hey, are you willing to put your house up for sale? Do you want to see how much it's worth? I can help you because there's no inventory. Yeah, I mean, so. people are doing crazy. Like, uh, for instance, I mean, my I sold my condo a year ago now probably. But someone knocked on my my door, an agent, and said, hey, are you willing to sell your house? I was not on the, I w- I, we were thinking about it. Sure. But I mean, that's the kind of tactics people are going into nowadays because there is not that inventory. There's nowhere, there's nowhere to get it. It's like, what, it, do you, what do you do? What's crazy, what I'm seeing too a lot, uh, which is just nuts. People are buying homes, like for example, last summer. And I don't know necessarily that they've loved it right they kind of settled on it they sure. had to make mm-hmm. a move they right. bought this and they're already relisting it you know and yeah. they're still walking away even because the house is appreciated 10 15 grand enough yeah. to pay Absolutely. the realtor right. so. and you know it makes you wonder what what the solution may be being meaning if you've got more more buyers and you do inventory like you know you can only build so far out i mean you know obviously macomb and all out there so built up even now you know even 20 years ago it was nothing out there and now it's just a, a cornfields dude yeah, oh, yeah. cornfields and it was it. like farms and now yeah. it's like subdivision so after subdivision up. yeah, yeah. yeah. It is. It is getting wild. Even Detroit, like which you know, it does not have the city services, and it's kind of like, I mean, houses are starting to like really start moving. Like you're going to start seeing, and, and I, I believe this that these like uh, unappreciated or, or areas in our in our in a lot of these markets that a lot of people weren't going into um, as first time home buyers are going to start seeing a revitalization because people are going to start moving to those areas, right? Like Warren right. or, or well, you know, I think you know, just from a kind of a total perspective i mean the world kind of has a population problem you yeah, know i mean true. it's yeah. like think about you know every 20 years right everyone who was born is in the age that they're probably going to be having kids multiple kids right. it's, it's a great just, point it's man. crazy yeah. it's a really you great know, point. i mean think yeah. about how if you look in the 40s you know i was looking at like some weird like world war ii statistics right sure. of you know populations of people who went to war and died in it and whatnot mm-hmm. And they were showing like the total population of the country was like 120 million, right? You know, and now we're at what, like 340? Yeah, three, I think it's somewhere around 340. Of, what, 75 years, 80 years? Well, you know, I'm I'm really impressed, and, and this this kind of leads into it a little bit. I'm pretty impressed. I haven't been down to the city in, in a while, and I was just down there with my fiance having dinner. And man, it, it's it's really coming back. I was very impressed with downtown Detroit. Absolutely, yeah, yeah it you is. Know, saw some newer condos going up, and there's you a know, lot of money going down there, yeah. man. I mean, there's investors coming well, in from out of out of state, too. out of country, out of country. A lot of people yeah. coming yeah. in from you know. There's I talk a lot to agents who are like, 
oh, I got, you know, this guy from Singapore or China. Wow. Yep. They want to buy all these investment properties. Because mm-hmm. there's value there. Well, there's some tax incentives too, I think. I don't know. But there's value from, the, well, like you said, right, taxes are low. Right. Uh, and so are prices. I mean, on commercial, on residential, and in, in relevance to like, okay, let's look at another area that uh, had been depressed, like sure. Brooklyn. Absolutely. Right? You want to go buy a house there. We're talking multi-millions. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Look at, the, look at the foresight that those guys who built the condos that are right across from Little Caesars Arena now. Genius. On, on Woodward, I mean, I remember when they built them. Built like, them. What are they doing? It was yeah. just nothing but an empty. It was just yeah. nothing but empty dirt yeah. field. There parking lot. People next used door, to park yeah. their cars to go to Comerica Park and all that, and now they're sitting right across right. the arena with that whole district. I'm and sure, somewhere way back, there's probably a, an Illich investor. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. one of the issues with with that, you know, rebuilding of Detroit, and it's great to see. I love I love seeing it. Is uh, it ties into our business big. I mean, we'll get quotes or, you know, some interest from Detroiters that'll call us for insurance rates, and you guys just wouldn't right. believe how much money, okay. you know. It's, it's not cheap, right? Oh, it's awful. Yeah. You know, it's it's a sad statistic, but less than 30% of Detroiters actually can afford or have car It's when you use your mom's address. Right. Yeah, well, no, I'm kidding. Yeah, really. <laughs> no comment. Yeah. Well, no, they, well, you know, they, but they, they, can pay, they can pay for one month, but we're paying for six. Homeowners, yeah, oh, yeah. too. Know. I mean, yeah. so I just closed one last week. $80,000 Detroit home, yeah, $2,500 a year in insurance, whereas typically, you know, we're seeing quotes for uh, $80,000 sure. house, let's say at probably $800 annually. Well, you know, the other issue with the, with the homes in Detroit from an from a, um, underwriting perspective with the carriers is, so you might have a dwelling coverage amount, right? Because let's... Th- Let's think of an old Detroit home, right? A two-story, big brick, uh, 2,500 square foot home, right? Yeah. Might be worth, let's call it, I don't know, fictitious number. Let's call it worth 50000 Maybe. Okay? Yeah. Well, the dwelling coverage amount comes in because it's still a structure that's 2500 got to build it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's coming in at, you know, two twenty-five, right. and the insurance company's going, yeah. Replacement cost yeah. is yeah. So way different than what it's like. It's, yep. it's an issue down way there. Yeah. So There's a lot of issues down there. Like lending yeah. is an issue. Insurance Appraisals, is an issue. Appraisals, this, yeah. that. So it's hard. Even taxes. Oh, absolutely. Like we'll do a loan and they're assessed at a value of $8,000 at the price that, you know, the house was purchased for 10 years ago. Sure. Mm -hmm. Oh, taxes are $800 a year. They get reassessed at four grand. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, dude, I mean, it was coming. And uh, I think that all of it's a good problem because obviously if people are down there and they're paying that insurance, they're paying the new tax base, it's only going to help the city. And, uh, Obviously, that's what we all want. Yeah, mm-hmm. Sal, are you a history buff? Yeah, bro. You are? This guy's yeah, major yeah, history yeah, buff. Greg, too. Right at my alley. Greg's yeah. got, if I may add, Greg's got a really cool social media page called Waterford Then and Now from where we're from. What is it? It's called Waterford Then and Now, so the city we're from. Uh-huh. He's got 10,000 members on this page. Really? And it's really neat. You could tell him a little bit. A it's little a bit then more and it's it, a then and now pictorial history of the township. And it's got, it's got literally over My wife was a teacher in Waterford, yeah. Beaumont. Oh, yeah. Okay. Elementary, yeah. Oh, yeah. We live close to there. Yeah, fifth yeah. grade for a long time. Oh, very cool. Yeah, yeah. she was. It's uh, yeah, it's 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 a cool city. Yeah, it, it is time. pretty cool. They make those books. You know, I don't know. Sal, yeah, they make books. Sal, have you read a book? <laughs> When's the last time you read a book? <laughs> Sal, you, this is a huh? this is a PG podcast. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> You're pushing it, man. but uh, you yeah. don't those ones by Acadia Publishing. Yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah. sure. I've, yeah. I've seen them, but you know, it shows like the city. Yeah, back in like. The pioneer days, sure. with all the pictures, all the way up till now, it's crazy. The best book ever is it. Since we're slightly getting on top, but if um, you got to check out this big t- uh, tabletop uh, coffee book, um, 
coffee table book is what I'm trying to say. It's called Detroit Then and Now. This I've is, seen it. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's a good one. Fascinating. Yeah, that's, where I got, that's where I got the idea from about 10 yeah. years ago. It's awesome. It's great. And uh, talking about cool. development, yeah. you know, you look at these topographical maps and you see no houses there. And then yeah. now it's like, boom. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Exploded. So crazy. Yeah. So the uh, last topic I want to talk about, Black Knight, they do a lot of these reports. Um, just talking about how refinance transactions are way down. Uh, over the last six months, um, which is typical because rates have gone up, right? And as rates go up, Sal, we are going to see more and more people gravitating towards ARM loans, which would historically come with a lower rate because you're taking on more risk, right? You're not right. securing that rate over 30 years. You're just saying for the next five years, I want X, right? right? You're kind of hedging your uh, hedging the market by saying, you know, here's my time frame, sure. right? Sure. And if you make a move within that time frame, right? You're, you're, you're obviously cutting your risk. Right. And it could end up that at the end of a, so an arm, right? An adjustable rate mortgage usually has a fixed introductory right. rate for either five, seven, 10 years. It should so, be like a percent lower, percent and a half, right? right. Yeah. yeah. And you know, the past couple of years, I've written very few because the gap and the margin between a fixed rate mortgage at 30 years and an arm was just really not it's worth the risk. It's not worth the risk, right? right. Hey, mm-hmm. you you could save it. Well, that's going to change, right. in my opinion, as rates well, go up, right? As that happens, right, everyone still wants people to do business. Sure. Uh, I feel like lenders will probably cut their margins on the arms just to get people to buy and, and refi and, and do what they need to do. That makes sense. But, uh, you know, again, in five to seven years, if we knew what it was going to be, I, I wouldn't be sitting here in the podcast room, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> I'd be exactly. flying around. So right, right. it could end up that at the end of that period that they're going to be at a lower rate. Sure. It could be that they're at a higher rate. So. It's a great option. I mean, in seven years, the chances of you refinancing or selling, sure, uh, especially as a first-time homebuyer, for example, it's. I think, in you know, to add to that, I think you know, all of us learned a lesson back in the the O nines, the O eights, the O sevens, with you know, a little bit more risky. You know, um, the, the housing market was yeah. volatile, the loan market was volatile, and I think probably you know, and I can't speak on your behalfs, but it's probably gotten a lot tighter and a lot better though, as far as yeah, you know, that risk level is probably not quite as great because the market is up and yeah, you know, so no, I mean, we we, we the the standards for lending have gone up quite a bit. It's uh, you've got to be like a real king. To, to borrow yeah, money. Sure. Well, I think that there's a lot of concern as to, oh, prices are coming back to where they were in 06, 05, where like everyone had this perceived bubble, but there's a lot more backing that right. bubble per se, sure. right? Strong loans, a good economy, Absolutely. Um, and not that falsified bottom of, of all these subprime loans. Right. And, you know, so I, I don't really feel bad about it. And now with the additional influx of actual new buyers and new jobs, I sure. think it's it's just what you're going to see. You're going to see appreciation and inflation is finally catching uh, up to, catching up yeah. to yeah. Or, or I should say we're, we're catching up to inflation, right? Right, right. And sure. It's going to, I think, just continue to go up. I mean, it's just inevitable. Absolutely. I agree with you. Mm, okay. And if it's not, I mean, that's just the, the gamble I took. <laughs> Everyone's got to roll the dice. Yep. If you just sit there on the sidelines, you're going to lose anyway. That's so right. We're one bomb away from 1%. Say. Right. Guys, tell everybody how they can get a hold of you. Guys, you can reach us a couple different ways. You can call us at 248-599-9076. We're located out of the Waterford area. Also have a great website, www.jbainsurance.com. We'd love to help you. And uh, we want to thank you guys for having us out today. It was a great, uh, great time. So thanks, guys. Don't forget our, uh, Facebook, our Facebook page, too. So. You guys got yeah, a Facebook. Yeah. That, J. Legion and Associates. Beautiful. Give, yeah. give the number one more time. 248-599-9076. Sal. 
How can, they, how can they find us? All right. If you have an iPhone, yes. you can go to the podcast app and search live on real estate. And if you have an Android, you go to the Google Play Store. Mm-hmm. Do we have a website, Sal? We do. It's www.liveonrealestate.com. Greg, you want to sing Man. for that? <laughs> I mean, you like this song, Sal? I listened to it nonstop at the Kentucky Derby one year. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good time. You were you wearing a big floppy hat? <laughs> I was wearing a seersucker suit. It was you, coming. You, yeah. you have a seersucker <laughs> suit? I do, yeah. That's hot. Found it for like 80 bucks. It's awesome. <laughs> All right, everyone. I Thanks for listening. We are Live On Real Estate. Again, www.liveonrealestate.com. We love you. Watch out, boy. She'll show you love.